For all of you who listen to Mackie Second Floor Studios Presents Submersion and own an Android device, do me a favor. Go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I use the app, and I love it. I can search for the podcasts I want to listen to, select them as favorites, and have them all just a click away. Make sure to set Mackie's Second Floor Studios as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. All right, what episode are we on? Is it episode 24? I think this is 24. 24, episode 24. Woo! We're down to three. I know. We are. <laughs> Slowly whittle them away. Brom? <laughs> Mushroom Man hasn't been around for decades, it feels like, right? Yeah, it's been a while. It's, yeah. I think it's a month and a half now. Wow. Thoughts and prayers, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Chaps and friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brom is out sick tonight. Yeah, he got he got strep throat from kissing all those girls. Gross. Ladies and gentlemen, he's on his deathbed, so everybody just remember him. Again, thoughts and prayers to him. Yeah. God. Just tough. I mean, good thing he's not on the submarine with us because we might have an in enemy hands type <laughs> situation with that meningitis just spreading about. Yeah, and we don't need any of that. No, we just need him to die alone by himself with no one around and leave us be so we don't have to do that. Sounds about right. Yeah. We hope you're listening, Brown. Yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to talk about our lives? Do we want to get right into it? I'm not even sure. Probably not. I mean, like, who wants to hear about our lives? I want to uh, talk about my people. life. All right, what, what do you got? Talk about this is for all you, are you Zach files out there? Yeah, um, of course. I've been sick the last few days, so that's it. But Good I talk, but yeah, I made yeah. it. I made it here. Wow, <laughs> you yeah. did. That's another pointed, you know, just jab it right in at Brom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's weird. Someone made it sick. Hmm. Weird. Let's dive, dive, dive. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's start this three-way. Oh, boy. oh, man. Is that the whiskey talking? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I like to know you're into us when you're sober. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Second Floor Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Brain, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. Jamie, what movie do we watch this week? Oh, we watched a good one. I was pretty excited about this one. It is The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, a Wes Anderson film from 2004. And it is amazing. It's one of the few submarine films that I actually owned. I didn't need any kind of like getting it from the library or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I already had the Criterion Collection disc. Throw that guy into my TV and wow. watch it. Yeah, no big deal. Star-studded cast in this. For sure, 100%. We got Bill Murray, who plays Steve Zissou. Great. Owen Wilson, who is Ned Plimpton or Kingsley Zissou. I loved him in Armageddon. <laughs> Kate Blanchett is Jane Winslet. Richardson. Loved her in Armageddon. Angelica Huston. Houston. Houston. Yeah. Why can't I even read? Did you say Hudson? Yeah. He said Huston. 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 Like an idiot. Huston. Yeah. As Eleanor Zazu. Willem Dafoe oh. as Klaus. Classic. Jeff Goldblum yeah. as Alistair Hennessy. Yeah, he's probably like my favorite character. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. uh, Michael Gambone as Osiri Dracula. I don't know how you say that. Dracula. Dracula. Yeah. Dracula. Yeah. Dracula. <laughs> yes, Dracula. 
I wish there was Dracula. Be you know what? I'm not even. I'm. I wouldn't put it past it being actually that <laughs> Dracula. But yeah, so I um, I feel like Zach, you had mentioned you like this film quite a bit as well. Absolutely right? love this movie. Yeah, yeah. So we came into it a little biased, maybe Kyle. Very I don't know. Biased. Had you ever seen it? I'd never seen it before. So there we go. Kyle will be able to to come in and and give the true feelings for this one. But yeah. I do remember when I first saw it, uh, when it came out, I saw it in theaters. And I do remember being a little underwhelmed, almost like sometimes when I see like a Will Ferrell movie, mm-hmm. like I saw Step Brothers or uh, uh, Talladega Nights, both of those in theaters. I remember coming out and being like, eh, underwhelming. And then like, of course, I've watched those movies a million times since. And this was similar. It came out kind of being, oh, interesting. Like I loved Rushmore. I loved Royal Tenenbaums. And now yeah, this one, not not feeling it. And then afterwards, I kind yeah. of Each time really I watch it, it, I like it more and more. Yeah. So, I mean, I think an, an initial taste, it might not be. It might be come off a little strange, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, no, we'll I'm go, not stepping on your toes. Or no, anything we'll like go that. through it. But I will say Kyle's giving it a seven, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's probably wrong. Uh, so we open with famed oceanographer Steve Zizou, who is giving a presentation of his latest documentary. So he's a documentary, uh, underwater documentary, or I guess wildlife documentary, a documentarian. Uh, cause he does have ones that they show some posters where <laughs> yeah. he's like in Africa rescuing and, like the, that. and yeah. then rescuing the, uh, what is it? The weasel up in the Arctic. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Antarctic, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ferret or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, so he's presenting his new, new film. It's in Italy and, um, presents it. And basically it's all about him searching for what ends up being the jaguar, not really searching for the jaguar shark. They're going around and they end up having an encounter with a shark, which he calls a jaguar shark and it eats his his partner in, in Esteban uh, Esteban uh, in this, in these documentary features. So it's like his best friend and has been his longtime partner in making these films. And so he is, it ends with that. That's part one. And he says basically that I'm going to go off and make part two now where I'm going to kill that show. Yeah. Then the entire idea is I'm going to kill it. I so, did love yeah. when uh, somebody asked and they're like, how did you come up or how did you know it was a, how'd you come up with a name for Jaguar shark? He's like, those are the first two things that came yeah. to mind when I saw that. <laughs> like, Didn't you say, didn't you say it was a, how'd you know it was a jaguar shark? He's like, I don't, I don't know. I Dude, don't know what you're talking about. The, <laughs> the dialogue in Wes Anderson films is just, just gets me every time. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's funny. It's, and it's very yeah. precise. Like, like yeah. everything, everything kind of means something. So like, there's no throwaway lines. There's nothing like that. Everything is kind of like either a joke or meant to further the characters in some way. Cause it's right. very, very character driven. Uh, features that he makes so anyways everyone seems not particularly enthused by his latest one in fact he hasn't made a, a good documentary in in years they say something like nine years or something like that it's been a while he hasn't had a success so um he, he's having trouble actually getting funding for that part two of of the uh, documentary but he doesn't really care basically single minded he's obsessed it's a very much a moby dick type story he has this jaguar shark that now he wants to get revenge on um, and before the death of Esteban and he doesn't really care how he does it. He's, right. he's going to get it done. And at this preview though, we're running into all sorts of characters that oh, we're going to yeah. see throughout the entire movie. We see, although there is one that we never saw again. With the woman? Yeah. They're like mistress type lady. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's implied. There's a bunch of char- character devices that every, there's no throwaway stuff. So you get a little scene with, with Zizou seeing a woman and kind of being like, Hey, nice to see you, baby. And then she being like, I can't believe you're putting me through this kind of stuff or his wife saying that. And it's implied that he has had multiple affairs or this is one of his mistresses of sorts. Right. And then he meets his, his one of his competitors, Jeff Goldblum's character, Hennessy, yes. Captain Hennessy, who has a kind of a rival documentary <laughs> thing. I mean, yeah. 
I wonder if stuff strange. like this goes on with David Attenborough and you know other. I don't people. think so. No, I, I really hope it does. It. Yeah. There's some kind of weird underground documentary. Yeah, as I understand I think, it, world. Yeah, what's that? Yeah, as I was say, we, uh, if you want to learn more about documentaries, there's a really accurate movie called Strange Wilderness. That's Fantastic. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> one of the worst movies I've ever seen, if not the worst <laughs> film I've ever actually watched. So definitely go out and see that one. Zach told me to watch that one. Uh, that made our Hall of Fame on um, BadMovieTwins.com for how bad it was. That actually made the Hall of Fame movie. for Bad, Bad Film because it's horrible. <laughs> Jamie, that movie, st- not to go off topic too much, that movie cracked me up. The that scene- movie is horrible and I'm ashamed of you. You should <laughs> be ashamed scene of yourself. with Steve Zahn when he's uh, with the fish and he goes, oh, <laughs> and they do it for that like is 50 seconds. the worst. It is liter- <laughs> you're literally describing one of the worst things I've ever actually witnessed. <laughs> that was on one screen. of the best scenes ever written in cinema. Next you're going to say when the guy... <laughs> fucks a turkey and gets his penis stuck in it that that's your favorite scene wait well, Kyle you have to watch this movie yeah you, yeah. you, you can watch it alright I'm gonna go watch yeah. it then because <laughs> that's also horrible anyways not to get up too high topic but I, I know that the two Hennessy is kind of based off this newer documentary uh, feature and obviously Steve Zoo is based off of Jacques Cousteau so like I think it's kind of supposed to show, show like new and old mm-hmm. and that's why that's where the com- com- competition comes in but they, I don't think those two people actually had a competition or anything in, in the real in real life or anything Obviously, everything's cartoon, kind of. Right. Anyways, you're seeing a whole bunch of you're seeing a whole bunch of stuff because then he goes to a party, and you get to see because you do meet you do meet the rival, and he's real weird. It's kind of this funny thing. It's actually one of the more off putting aspects of the film is how le- some of the lines hasn't aged super well because Steve Zazu is somewhat of a homophobic. At least he uses homophobic language. A lot of uh, you know words bandied about that. I was like, yeah, yeah, probably wouldn't be done nowadays. But back in uh, 2004, you know, that's how it was. You can do anything, maybe. Uh, but, uh, then they go to a party and he's trying to wrangle up money. So someone kind of comes in and says, oh, uh, or it's someone from the Middle East, right? I'm going to, I'm going to get the money for you. And they're like, okay, just get it done. Like force his hand. That's what Steve is saying. Like force his hand, get the money, like, and let's get on with it. And his, his producers, longtime producers, like, no, 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 we got to go easy. We'll let him do his thing. We'll get the money. Don't worry about it. He's like, okay. And in the meantime, he goes, I'm going to go on a bender. See everyone. If anyone wants to come with me. Oh Yeah. He's like, I'm going to be leaving in 10 days. Yeah. Anybody can come with me if they want. And so he goes outside and he bumps into Owen Wilson, who basically says, hi, I'm your son. Yep. And so he, again, Steve Zissou, basically Wes Anderson films, especially the early ones. Nowadays, he deals more with like children characters or animals, Mm -hmm. talking animals of sorts. But like a lot of his films were kind of like the worst person you'll ever meet, um, but who also you kind of come to enjoy and endears himself to you over time so i like rushmore uh, life aquatic and royal tenenbaums are kind of about like the worst people ever um and so he kind of says to his son like oh yeah no i i remember hearing something like that or hearing about you i'd heard about you or something like that yeah oh because i don't even think we clarified this he didn't know he had a son well that's what he says he says he didn't really know he had a son um you know but i I had heard of you or i heard that you existed or whatever Mm -hmm. and then uh, he's like, oh, and I heard about you. And so how'd you hear about you? It was actually from like an interview or something like that. And someone was giving an interview and said like, he has a son. <laughs> right. <laughs> and everything kind of like, he worked it out himself from like those clues and stuff like that. Yep. But anyways, he's, he's a Air Kentucky pilot and he just wanted to meet him before he went off again. And Steve's like, well, I'm having trouble with my marriage and he seems to be looking for something, which is totally true. It, he's come there clearly to find something. After right. his his mother has died, um, and so he's like, "Why don't you come with me?" And so he kind of joins up. 
Yep. Yeah. They go out and then we get introduced to their ship. Yep. And they kind of go through all the inner workings of it. It's pretty it's pretty fun way to do it. Reminded me of I don't know if you ever played the game Little Big Planet, but it was kind of like uh something like that going on where you just see all the different rooms. Kind of like they just take a step back and you see the set. Yeah. And then we go to his island. Yeah, and did you notice one thing they said? They said the ship was an old submarine hunter. Yes. That was one thing, which is not tr- not true. You get it from the trivia, but that's not actually true in real life, but mm. that's what he that's what they said. Anyways, he goes to the island <clears throat> and uh what, what do we see before the reporter shows up? We kind of see- Well, you just see some like funny stuff. Um, like feeds a orca. <laughs> yeah, it's just an orca jump um, up. He feeds it. Yeah. He gets there and Eleanor's like, your cat died. And he's yeah. like, well, which one? He's like, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm sorry about your cat. And he's like, who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. Owen Wilson is asking, well, what type of cat was he? He's like, I don't know. Maybe a tabby. tabby? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't really care. Uh, everything's broken on the island. That's another thing they keep on talking about. Mm-hmm. He, you know, uh, oh, at one point he has him like go off on, they, they need to go and figure out the financing. And so they has his son fly a helicopter cause he's a pilot. And the son's kind of like, uh, when was the last time you got this thing serviced? He's like, oh, well, someone's supposed to do that. Yeah. And like kind of everything about the boat and the island and all the equipment and stuff is kind of like a- Just been like go over some, some Someone's supposed to be checking that. Isn't someone checking it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So everything's kind of falling apart and stuff like that. Yeah. But in the middle of the night, all of a sudden there's an alert because there are these special jellyfish yeah, that have washed up on or shore. fluorescent jellyfish. Yeah. And they glow with like the moon. And then all of a sudden- a Kate Blanchett yep. shows up. She's <laughs> funny. Steve Zazu says something like, "What are you doing? You're pregnant or yeah. something." <laughs> yeah, she's about five months pregnant, so obviously showing. And she shows up, and he's been told that she's going to be coming there to do a puff piece on him. So yes. it's going to be a cover story, guaranteed publicity. It'll help with like getting funding and all that stuff. And they sit down for one of their first interviews and basically she's like asking like the hardest questions in the world. And he's like, what the, f- what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you notice what he said when they first started the interview? No. Fire one. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said a little submarine thing. Yeah. Fire one. Fire two. One. <laughs> um, and so he, uh, he, she's asking all kinds of questions about his son, about his life, about how like kind of. He hasn't made anything good recently. Yes. Like he's kind of a shitty person, like in general. <laughs> he pulls a gun on her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's yeah. like, I think you're fake. He's like, is this fake? And he yeah. pulls a gun. And she's like, what? <laughs> and then it just kind of, it cuts away from that. And then we get to see a little bit of an interaction between Klaus and Ned. Yeah. Because Klaus, who's Willem Dafoe, is not too happy with the way Ned's been showing up. Because he also interrupted a scene where, when they were filming about the jellyfish. Yeah. And uh, he has a pretty good line. So Steve, like, not Steve, sorry. Klaus kind of slaps him. Yep. It's the Steve Zissel show. Not the Ned show. You hear me? Yes, I do. Klaus! Well, if you ever touch me again, I will kick your goddamn teeth out. Is that understood? And he just kind of walks away. And, and that'll come back. That scene, that scene will come back later in the film. Yes. And then it's actually really funny. There's actually another uh, scene right after this I thought was funny. So Ned was getting his photo taken for like his little ID badge. And uh, everybody has Glocks strapped to their legs. Yeah. Everyone gets a gun. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and they, even ask, they even ask the topless like line yeah. person like. <laughs> Here. 
Oh, no, no, no. No exceptions. Everyone gets one. Anne Marie, do the interns get Glocks? No, they all share one. Interns cracked me up in this movie. Yeah, the interns oh, are yeah. great. But then, uh, so we also get a scene where, yeah, as I said, Ned pilots a helicopter and they go and visit his producer. And the producer uh, essentially says that everything fell through. They don't have any funding at all. And we come to learn that Ned actually inherited $275,000 from his mom who had just died, who's just died from ovarian cancer and uh, offers to fund it. And so he'll become a full-time partner, mm-hmm. producer, and in the end star of the, the next documentary. Yep. Um, and then what do we get? training montage oh yeah for sure and he's doing all kinds of stuff including almost drowning that was yeah it was funny because everybody's like running on the beach working out then all of a sudden you see ned like fall backwards into a pool like they're practicing diving and then next scene is him getting cpr because he drowned and it's funny too because you get a little bit of a glimpse into uh, part of part of the joke is that everything that Steve Zissou's documentaries show seems like they're very much setups. And you see him filming the documentary. In some ways it is, right? Like mm-hmm. they do send someone out. They say, okay, let's get another scene of that. Let's get another shot of that. Like come over here. You know, do what should I say this? Like m- maybe you should try a different thing. And they kind of work the details out. But for the most part, some of these like very dramatic things are actually happening. Right. So you see him almost drown and everyone's kind of turning being like, did you get that? Did you like, was light good? Was all this stuff good? <laughs> yeah. Like how long did you let him die? And kind of implied that like he purposely let him almost drowned in order to get a dramatic scene oh yeah like, eleanor no, no, asked. she's like did yeah. his heart stop no we got we got to start it pretty quickly again but like it's in the end everything is real it's just like they kind it's, of let everything go for movie purposes <laughs> yeah. a little bit and eleanor doesn't want him to go on this trip she thinks it's a bad idea and then she's like i'm out of here i'm out and and one of the kind of undercurrents to everything was that she was supposed to be the brains of the whole operation mm-hmm. so now it's not only are they kind of using ned's funding as like the only source of funding but like presumably the person who has actually kept the whole thing running smoothly <clears throat> has just left so yep, we'll see what kind of happens from here yeah oh boy does it get a little crazy it does we <clears throat> get on the boat and it's kind of funny just the things that steve zizu has some of them are just like over the top like they've got this Hot air balloon. Oh yeah, that they <clears throat> strap to the ship and the Belfontaine, right? Uh, Belafonte. Belafonte, and he takes the reporter up there. Who yep. he's got the hots for. Yeah, he he does like the reporter in kind of like a somewhat unromantic, gross way in a lot, yes. a lot of ways. He's a, he's just kind of like hitting on her because he's lustful after her. He's like the dirty old man. Whereas Ned is also into her, but in in a much sweeter kind of. You know, they have a connection and, and he just likes to be kind of hanging with her. A Kentucky gentleman type yes, way. kind of. And um, we also failed to mention that they they have another person on, on the boat not associated with their uh, crew necessarily, but they have a stooge kind of to make sure to keep keep all the financing under um, under budget and all that. Oh, yeah, because yeah. they also- He turned out to be one of my of, favorite characters. I did love him. There was some kind of stipulation where they had to, they could not kill the shark. Right. They had to- Take drug test, and there was some- just funny because they were all doing drugs. I'm not sure. Yeah, like the whole them. time. Yeah, and they even start doing like illegal things. The guy's like, "Isn't this illegal?" He's like, "Whatever, cover yeah. your ass. I don't yeah. care." And so they want to find the jaguar shark. So one of the things is they he had when when the jaguar shark killed his friend, killed Esteban. He was able to hit it with a tracker, but the tracking equipment doesn't 
work. Basically, everything is kind of falling apart, right? And so they need to go find new tracking equipment. Guess who has it? The guy, uh, Jeff Goldblum, Hennessy, yes. who has like the best equipment. So they go over to, as he says in the documentary, going to one of my many like observatory <laughs> towers or something like that. Yeah. And they just straight break into it. The interns are kind of carrying. They basically like, grab everything, grab whatever isn't nailed down. And they're grabbing espresso machines. They're grabbing these tra- this tracking equipment. The Coast Guard alarm has sounded. Yep. So we also get a cutaway scene of Hennessy being informed that like his tower has been broken into. Oh my word! And he has such a good quote here. Yeah. It's I mean it's Jeff Goldblum. So yeah. he's just cracking it's awesome, me up. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like. This is a message from the IMU Coast Guard. Apparently, some crooked fuckers broke into my sea lab yesterday. How awful! Did they nick anything? Uh, it doesn't say. They probably just trashed the place. I'm so pissed i want to spit hugo tell carl to load my elephant gun with buckshot yeah yeah he said like because when he when jeff goldblum was going on that rant he's like i could just spit hugo and hugo just goes (laughs) 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 love it and so yeah they steal everything the stooge is is a little wary but kind of the stooge kind of falls in with a gang pretty quickly yeah like okay whatever and then they've decided to track a new course through kind of troublesome waters. And this is where his wife, Eleanor, would have normally steered things away. Been like, no way, we're not going through this area. Like that's un, <laughs> un kind of uh, not taken care of by the Coast Guard and stuff. Like, it's also regularly. funny because they're looking at a, like a nautical chart and she's like, look, this is, yeah. this is unprotected water. He's like, look, the path you want to go is four, four inches. inches. The one I want to go is an inch and a half. Yeah. So we're going my way. <laughs> yeah. And so they start going this way and- <laughs> The, the best is that he, they're looking directly at basically like a pirate ship. And he goes, no one else saw that? I could have sworn there was like an old jalopy out there. <laughs> like, it's like clearly a pirate ship, like off the coast. And then they're supposed to have lookouts. And, and Ned is kind of like canoodling with the reporter, with Kate Blanchett. And then the singer guy, that safe, I guess he's a safety coordinator, but mm-hmm. in, on, on the ship he also just mostly sings David Bowie songs in Portuguese. Right. But he's the only one out on a lookout. And you just see the pirates make their way onto the ship and take everyone hostage and actually a fairly brutal scene where it's actually supposed to be pretty scary. They're kind of like locked up. It seems like they're going to die. They pistol whip Ned and take him captive. So he's on the boat and like bleeding. And then it turns out that the stooge speaks fluent Filipino, which I guess these were Filipino pirates. <laughs> right. I was like, Me- where, Mediterranean. where is this going on? Yeah. You know, it's in the Mediterranean. That's <laughs> yeah. a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> And so these Filipino pirates, he's speaking perfect Filipino and he's telling them what's going on. And slowly it's like, and they've decided to take me because I, now that they found out that I'm speaking Filipino, like, <laughs> that I know Filipino, now they want me as the captive. Yeah. And so they exchange captives, basically. And Ned's going to be left behind and they're going to take the stooge. And and Steve, Steve like, goes he, crazy. He a snaps. Bit. And yeah. it's pretty cool here. I don't, I don't know if you noticed this when you were watching. So. He's going around looking at things, and the screen has this obvious blue tint to it. Yeah. And then as soon as he's like, like all guns blazing, it goes to red. Yeah. And then he just- <laughs> He goes crazy. He's yeah. shooting all over the place. It's actually, this is one of two scenes where they kind of do something like pretty daring. I'm not sure what the idea of it was, maybe to just show that he's actually quite- you know, brave, but anyway, I mean, I guess he's, he's reckless and brave and he kind of just doesn't care if he gets shot at seemingly. Yeah, he's just walking tall, just yeah. like bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Shooting a bunch of people. He kills one person who is going to, has a machete to one of his interns <laughs> neck, which in terms, in, in turn, the, when he gets shot, he still cuts the <laughs> intern badly in the shoulder. Yeah. He's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. 
I thought it's he killed a lot more of them, but no, it's you know he just kind of yeah. scared him away. No one, yeah, no one really got hit all that much, other than the intern with the machete and the one Filipino. <laughs> and so then they, but they drive off still with the uh, with their hostage with the stooge. Yeah. So like, god damn it, the stooge has been like taken, and he they've kind of like the stooge as well. So they want to they want to get him. They also took the safe with all the money, so they don't have any money left, and the boats broken right they've, yeah they damaged because yeah. somebody threw a grenade and it yeah, damaged yeah. Um, something and uh, they left their dog they left their dog a one-legged dog which he he named cody, cody. cody sorry three-legged dog. <laughs> cody yeah, yeah cody the three-legged dog and they're gonna do a they're doing a burial it's everyone's safe i mean in the end uh for the most part other than the fact that the stooge has been taken captive and they're starting to do like a burial at sea they're filming it the whole time yeah and they also there's a question of whether they want to oh no no, this is later but so they're doing the they're filming this burial at sea like isn't this illegal it's like a dead body shouldn't we call this in he's like whatever and hennessy shows up on this giant ship yeah and it's basically like hey what's up and <laughs> he's like I, I heard the distress signal so i can tow you back to safety but here's my invoice it's yeah. very expensive and there's also like just so you get the idea of who Hennessy is, he's like, "What's the name of that dog?" And uh, you know, he, Steve Zissou tells me he's like, "Um, Cody," because he yeah. just named just it. Made it up, yeah. And then it's kind of barking a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum just cracked walks me up. over yeah, and just smacks the shit out of it. Yeah, he's like, "Now lay down and be quiet." <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So uh, Hennessy's basically, I'm going to tell you back. And they're like, they kind of have to decide at this point what they're going to do, right? Like they have to figure out whether they're going to keep on going. There's also been people who are upset. Yeah, yeah um, there's a bunch of people who, who are upset and kind of want to leave. So they yeah. get they get towed into the, to where Hennessy's headquarters is and ends up, they end up kind of saying like, who's with me and who's against me kind of stuff. And all the interns- Except for the one who gets cut yeah. or like leaving, it was yeah the one who ended up getting cutting on the shoulders. The only one who stays. Yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying with you. And so you get a you get a uh, scene with Steve talking to the interns. No, I can't give you full credit, but I'm not going to flunk you either. You're all getting incompletes. This is bullshit. And then he just like <laughs> walks away. <laughs> yeah, and so he goes talk to, goes and talks to his wife and kind of. Gets her back on board as well. Well, because like, she's at Hennessy's villa. Yeah, she's at Hennessy's villa. Her, well, it's her ex-husband. So it's true. They have a connection, but uh, and he continues to say how he thinks Hennessy is gay. That's another ongoing joke. Is how he thinks Hennessy is gay. Yep. And then uh, he's kind of trying to convince her to come back and and per- perhaps bail them out by having the, her parents pay for the documentary, which yeah. is implied also that they've done that a couple times, seemingly. Yep. And uh, so they go back on. Uh, board and head out their way, right? Well, they um, Steve finds Ned and Jane. Oh, right, yeah, in bed together. Oh, that was one of my favorite things too. Is the dolphins? He hates these dolphins. They're supposed to be research dolphins that help him and and yeah. <laughs> can listen to commands and like film things. And they kept on being like, uh, "Hey, have them go over and like look into the bunk. I want to see what's going on." And the person presses a button to give a command to the dolphins, and the dolphins just start looking at each other and kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> talking to each other so the like, dolphins are great <laughs> yeah, no, they like, are. did they either they didn't understand or they're just ignoring us and it's like great i fucking hate these dolphins <laughs> but then like when he sees ned and uh kate blanchett uh canoodling it's because 
the dolphins just happenly happen by happenstance <laughs> look into the window and then quickly look away and start like goofing around with each other again but yeah. he's like that one glimpse is able to give him like everything he needs to know so this thing he hates that really are useless animals just like happen to look in the window he needed to see at that moment he was yeah. passing by it's so funny but yeah. this this causes a big falling out yeah and it's uh, <laughs> it's i thought this scene was so funny it's just the way bill murray delivers it so ned and him are up on top of the ship and Kate Blanchett walk, and they're in like a heated argument. And Kate Blanchett walks up. What do you want? Nothing. That's so arrogant. That's screw off. The way Bill Murray does it, yeah. it's so good. So then uh, they decide to rescue Bill. Like that's the big thing. It's like okay, they get they get a little telephone call from the Stooge. And the stooge is basically like really long winded. He has a moment to say where he is. He's like, okay, well, they've given me some time to be able to make a phone call. So I just wanted to let you know where, what's that? And then the phone goes out. But Eleanor comes on the boat and basically deciphers exactly where he must be. Given the wildlife that you hear in the background, given the fact that it was so clear, he must be pretty close. It must be on one of these three islands. And they say, oh, there's this abandoned hotel on this island. Let's go that way. So they go towards that abandoned hotel. And one thing is they find is Hennessy's ship totally fucked up. So oh yeah, it's crashed, and they take some pictures of him like well, on top of the boat, which is yeah. kind of hilarious. He's got a flag on top yeah. too. Did you see that? So then they go into the hotel and they kind of search around a bunch. It's a daring rescue mission, filming it the whole time, and they run through the hotel and they're like, "There's nothing here. This sucks." And then was it Steve that walked in and saw the people playing poker? Well, Klaus oh, first Klaus. noticed the guy in the um, in the coat room. Oh, and then right, Steve yeah. did see him playing poker with Hennessy. And this right. part cracked me up so much because Hennessy's just sitting there. He's taken captive. He's all beat up, yeah. but he's just, <laughs> he's got this Dr. Dr. Pepper Pe- shirt on. Says, Dr. Pepper. I'm a pepper. I'm, yeah, I'm a pepper. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> and then, and then they, there's a big shootout and an explosion. I mean, they use all their dynamite, which they're going to use to blow up the shark. Uh, they use all their dynamite to blow up the, the hotel and rescue everyone, which is also hilarious because they go in with a quick dy- dynamite and they go into the hotel and there's just this giant explosion. And then they're all just running out of this giant explosion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so then they run away. They're able to get back on the boat and Hennessy's kind of there and, and is like, you rescued me. Wait, is this all my shit? Like, how'd you get my stuff? And yeah. then the stooge is like, we fucking stole it, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zuzu's ready to give up because they have no money. They have nothing. He just feels old and washed up. Yeah. Uh, but Ned says, Ned no, says let's go look for more, that yeah. jaguar shark. So they take off in the helicopter. And From the helicopter, really... they, they see the re- the red fish that had been- The fluorescent that, red snapper. That, that kind of go along with the shark. Like, okay, this is it. But then the ho- the helicopter kind of blows up or- Something know, happens. And they crash into the sea and Ned actually fucking dies. He does. Which was crazy. I didn't expect that at all. I remembered it because I hadn't seen, the, I hadn't watched this in like a little while, but I remember kind of being like, when does Ned die? I remember it being just really sad and kind of like, ugh, like I can't believe it. Yeah. It's so crazy. So then, yeah, they have a burial at sea for him, and they kind of do. They do it, yeah. They do the burial sea, and then somebody also says, "Hey, I just oh, picked something just up on the, the new, tracker." That's right. We just got a new track. The tracker just started up again. Yeah, it's yeah. in this trench over there, and then finally, finally, get least, into a amount, submarine. least amount of submarine in any film. But I forgave it because I loved this so much. Yeah, I love this movie so much. But yes, they finally get into the submarine. They're like, you know what, Steve? We don't. 
we don't really like you. You're kind of like old and washed up, but like get that dick out for all the time's sake. And he's like, fine, fine, fine. And there's like a million people in the submersible. It's also kind of funny. It's yeah. like, it's like 20 people in there and he pulls his dick out and he's like, that's cool. Okay. It's not actually not that funny. So I'm going to like roll it right back up. And this, um, <laughs> this was very reminiscent of last week's movie. Yeah. The way they were just sitting in the sub and then, you know, it was like a video outside the porthole. Yes. But it was like stylistic. Yes. Yes. And they they end up going down. They see the jaguar shark, and it's a beautiful creature. And of course, they're not going to kill the drag, jaguar shark. They just very like solemnly and whatever kind of like film. And you know, a lot of people, I guess, didn't seem to not believe that he actually saw this thing that it was actually real. Mm-hmm. That somehow Astabon had died in some accident, and he made up some excuse. But there is this beautiful shark with, with a tracker on it, with a tracker on it that actually had killed Esteban. And they're all just kind of like happy with each other for that moment. And then we get a final scene of him showing the movie in a uh, film festival or a new premiere mm-hmm. and he gets, yep. All right. Yeah. And he gets wild accolades. Yep. Including like an award of some sort, it seems like. Yeah. He's got like a fish, almost like an Oscar, but like it's like a fish, golden fish instead. It is. That's it, man. Yeah. So hard one to, hard one to sum up. I feel like there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on. We, we could have just said it's like Moby Dick. It's just like Moby Dick. Actually, <laughs> so so just go back, cut all of that. Okay, it's just starting now. Dick. It's just like Moby Dick. And let's boom, <laughs> perfect. Whip whip. <laughs> all right, let's get into ratings. So oh, he's obviously high. So oh, yeah. who wants to go first? You want to go first, Zach? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I even hinted this hinted at this the last podcast. This is definitely going to probably be my highest. Um, love this movie. Out of any movie we've watched, this is going to be the movie that I can confidently say I know for a fact I will watch it again. Um, and because of that, I was going to give it a 12 out of 12 foot long. The but, coveted foot long. But I understand that this podcast has a fan base and they expect submarines. And this movie didn't have a whole lot of submarines. It's true. So, because of that, because of the fans, I'm going to give it an 11 out of 12. Wow. Okay. That extra inch. I didn't even know 11 was possible. So, it was theoretical until now. (laughs) That's what Zach does. He takes the improbable and impossible and makes it possible. Improbable. Yes. Kyle, you just Just made me sound amazing. Mm, (laughs) Love you, Zach. Thanks, guys. (laughs) But that's what I'm giving it. 11. Because I love this movie. Um, okay, I'm going to jump right in here. I also love this movie. You actually convinced me to lower it, though, because oh. uh, you're right. It is not submarine-centric. Very much the opposite of that. It's boat-centric or ship-centric. Fuck those ships. Whatever. I was going to give it a nine and a half. I'm going to give it a nine as a result. I was going to wow. give it a nine and a half because I was thinking what I gave a 10, Crimson Tide. Would oh, yeah. I watch Crimson Tide or this? And when I think of a submarine movie, like that's, I would go for Crimson Tide if I was like looking for like fun adventure. I do like love sub action. Yeah, sub action. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a little different. So I was going to give it a little blow, but you even convinced me another half. So I'll chop off a little half just for how little submarine there actually is. It is the, it is a pivotal moment in the movie of them in that submersible. It is. Seeing it. Sigur Ross, uh, music blaring. Everyone's kind of like happy in that moment, despite the sadness that overhangs kind of everything in the movie. Uh, but still, despite being that pivotal moment, it's mostly spent on a research ship. So, man, it is. All right, I'll you? jump in then. Um, all right, 
unlike you guys, I had never seen this movie before. I didn't even really know what to expect. I think my wife and I even started watching it one time and she was not feeling it. So I can, I can imagine that. So we're like, all right, we'll watch something else. I went into this and there was just so many things that were just cracking me up. Like Bill Murray it's was sense, spot yeah. on. Jeff Goldblum, I was just laughing so hard at the, I'm a pepper shirt and <laughs> kept referring to people's crooked fuckers. I'm like, God, it's just so funny. Um, yeah. Have you, just <laughs> ask, jump in. Have, have you seen other Wes Anderson films? Like, have you seen Royal Tenenbaums? I haven't. This is my first one. Wow. So, uh, like we said, there's not a lot of subs. I did thoroughly enjoy this movie. I'm going to go with like uh, eight. Okay. Okay. Wow. I feel like that was even higher than I thought maybe you would give it. I wish there was more of the sub. Yes. But that would have been amazing if it actually was like a submarine film. Like if it was a research sub and the entire thing was on a sub. Like yeah. how amazing would that have been but for it, us? It started taking turns. I didn't even think like the pirates and yeah. ever. Well, I mean, obviously once you saw them out there, you're like, well, obviously they're going to yeah. get boarded. But <laughs> I never anticipated that. There's just so much, so many funny little things going on that yeah. I really enjoyed. There's so many good, like just simple dialogue moments that we talked about. That just, it's just so great. Hmm. Yeah, it's dense. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, don't know. I would, I would, I would recommend World Tenenbaums if you did enjoy the jokes in this one. Rushmore is a little bit of one of the early ones, so the acting is a little bit rough at times with some of the characters. A lot of okay. kids are kind of like child actors or younger actors, and they're not super great. But it's also, it's probably the best one actually, Rush, Rushmore. But Royal Tenenbaums is kind of like this, but actually I think even better. Oh, I really? recommend yeah, Moonrise yeah. Kingdom too. Yeah, that was also that a good one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely even more polished. Like over time, he becomes more and more polished. So it becomes becomes a little less heavy on what they talk about as being like arrogant smugness a little bit, which mm-hmm. comes across in some of the writing and the characters where it becomes a little more polished with like something like Moonrise Kingdom where the characters as a whole are, actually aren't unlikable at all. They're in general quite likable oh whereas here like steve suzu very unlikable the tenenbaums pretty much unlikable most people in rushmore fairly unlikable so like his early films are filled with that yeah anyways i will definitely be checking them out should we give out uh ben's rating he did text it to us oh did he oh yes he did do you want to give this one kyle no you go for it you want to even make up your own dialogue for what you think he would say yeah so I watched this movie and uh, blah, 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 five and a half. <laughs> wow. Brom, I didn't know you made it on today. Yeah. My <laughs> strep throat went away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm not surprised. I feel like it, it can be a case where it would be movies. Uh, it would be a movie where it might not necessarily be exactly what you're looking for. It's hit or miss with Wes Anderson for people. All right. I'm going to jump into my trivia. So this, as we mentioned, this was inspired by Moby Dick. Steve is obviously Captain Ahab. Redfish are like the birds that followed the white whale. And Ahab obviously had an obsession with killing that whale, just as Steve had an obsession with killing the shark. Interesting, this would mean, interesting, this would mean that Esteban's like Steve's leg, because that's why Ahab lost his leg to the white whale. Mm. So that's why he wanted revenge. So... Maybe it was like who he, who helped him stand. What now he's hobbled. Him exactly. Oh. Esteban and his friendship with Esteban. Anyways, the red woolen caps worn by the characters are referenced to Jacques Cousteau, a famed underwater filmmaker. 
Um, and it's actually dedicated to Cousteau as well. And so um, one thing also is that Cousteau's son, Philippe Cousteau Sr., died in a seaplane crash. And in the movie, that's exactly how Ned dies as well, who's presumably Steve's son. So there's a lot of like things that go through the movie that are in reference to Cousteau. Interesting. Yep. $50 million was the budget of this film. And it's the most, the, the biggest budgeted film that Wes, Wes Anderson had, at least at the time. But it actually only made $34.8 million worldwide. And so it was quite a big box office bomb. As we mentioned, the ship that they were on was told to be a sub-hunter. In reality, it was a minesweeper. A 50-year-old minesweeper bought and towed from South Africa. Dang. Yep. And then to finish it up, Gwyneth Paltrow was originally set to play Jane Winslet Richardson, the reporter, but couldn't because of schedule conflicts. Nicole, interest, uh, Nicole Kidman expressed interest, and Wes Anderson actually hired her, but she had to bow out. Then Julianne Moore requested the role, and but it eventually went to Kate Blanchett. Wes These Anderson, are all very big names. Yeah, Anderson actually admitted that, as as indicated by the name of the character, Jane Winslet Richardson, that it was inspired by actress Kate Winslet. So that's who he probably had in mind when when he was writing it. Mm-hmm. So she played the part while um, Blanchett played the part while pregnant. She actually was pregnant. So she found that out while oh, that was while she was you know kind of preparing for the role that she actually was pregnant. So which of these other Wes Anderson actors would have also been good in this film? And I tried to get ones that were in Wes Anderson films, but also submarine films. Ooh. So what about James Caan? He was in Bottle Rocket, but also Submarine X One, and also the father of. Scott Kahn of Hawaii Five O fame. I would love to see somebody like James Kahn as a an intern, like just oh, this really, really old intern. That's interesting. I feel like he could have been the producer. That would have been a good one for 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 his age. He was a little younger, maybe as the Klaus character. Uh, Willem Dafoe was so good. In he's that too role. good. Yeah, it's true. He's too good. He'd almost have to be one of the side characters, like the guy who does the tracking or whatever. Yep. Okay, what about Brian Cox? He was in Rushmore, but also a TV movie called The Sinking of the Laconia. Don't even know who that is. I don't either. Really? He's in like Super Troopers, isn't he? He's like the oh, head of the- I'm looking like him the older up real guy. quick. Oh, it's that guy. Okay. Again, I feel like I just kind of repeated James Caan. He's like kind of an older white person. Yep, old white guy. Rocky looking face. Oh, okay. Did yeah. that really just do it for you, Kyle? No, no, no. no He's, I have uh, a picture. IMDb. <laughs> Rocky face. Oh, like, oh I got it. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> like real, real long dick. No, no, no. Now I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. We'll just skip that one because Brian Cox is just like a old one. Another person. intern for me. Sure. There we go. Perfect. We're really <laughs> racking up interns here. And another yeah. intern, I'm sure, is uh, Gene Hackman, Royal Tenenbaums, but Ooh. also Crimson Tide. Gene. I could see him... Uh... He could have been a Steve. Yeah. But not. I mean, Bill Murray is too good at it, but could have been. Because if you think about his character in Royal Moms, in some ways, well, it's almost, I guess at that point, it's a little later. It'd be almost like a later S- Steve Suzu. Because in Royal Moms, he was kind of like trying to make amends for being such an asshole before. What yeah. if he was like an older character and he was Steve's father? That could have worked. He could have, he could have also been Eleanor's Eleanor. father. Loaning them money. Oh, yeah. That could have been good. I mean, yeah. We're writing new things. 
What about Jason Schwartzman of the Darjeeling Limited? He also is part of the band Phantom Planet, who had a song called The Submarine Song. He's like the only normal or like frequently casted, yeah, Wes Anderson person that's not in this. That didn't make it, yeah, even though he's been in like every other film that he's made, pretty much. He didn't Uh, make this one for some reason. I mean, I feel like he could have probably played, to be honest, Owen Wilson's character. Yeah, he would have been Ned, I think. Yeah. He would have ended up probably. Yeah. It probably actually was written for Jason Schwartzman in the end. And then uh, I got kind of tired of finding these things, so I just skipped straight ahead to Ed Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do all the Wes Anderson films. And I was like, eh, I'm tired now. <laughs> Ed would, Harris. I would love to see Ed Harris as Klaus, but I don't think he could do the accent. <laughs> so it'd be funny because like, here's our German and it's just Ed what Harris. About, uh, what about uh, Hennessy? Jeff I, Goldblum. I, I was know just Jeff thinking that. Gold. Jeff Goldblum is gold, so you can't really get rid of him. But if you had to, I think Ed, Ed Harris, Harris could go in there. With especially with the same with the same uh, costumes, yeah, yeah. you got to get that, you got to get that, you got to get that I'm a pepper real tight shirt, really yeah. just like over those rippling muscles. I want to see I'm a pepper like stretched because of his like huge pectoral muscles. And then it was just so funny in that scene too. where they're running away and they're getting shot at. Uh, everybody's <laughs> hiding behind this jeep, and Jeff Goldblum is just standing straight up. <laughs> yeah, he sits down. Was, not, he sits down like when they're still getting shot at, and just starts smoking. Still, doesn't he? <laughs> it's just like. What? <laughs> he's he's a rock star, man. He's so good. Him and Zazu are both rock yeah. stars. All right, I'm going to finish this up with a little Phantom Zone. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. And so this was the first one in a while that I didn't actually know how it was going to finish beforehand because I've done so many of these that at this point, oftentimes I can just think of the actors and be like, oh, I want to jump straight to this other film. And then we just kind of like finish it up. No big deal. Right. Anyways, so I knew we could go from Jeff Goldblum to Independence Day um, because Roland Emmerich, the director of Independence Day, always has submarines in his films. And that was true. There is a submarine in Independence Day. So mark that off on another Roland Emmerich. How do I not remember that? Uh, it's actually, they reuse the set from Crimson Tide in that film. It's the- the, the Talk about the first one. In Independence Day. And they, and it's supposed to be the USS Georgia and it's tracking the aliens. That's all. That's why I was reading about it. Anyways, from there we could use Bill Pullman, uh, who obviously was the president and total badass in Independence Day. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was in the 1991 comedy Going Under, which is uh, one of those submarine centric. Do, do you have that one, by the way? Going under. I do not. Oh, interesting. Sounds like we're going to so try Ned, to get it. Yeah, Ned Beatty's in that. And he was just like a total rock star of 1980s comedy. Uh, he was like in Superman 4 and is like amazingly... Oh, no, it's all a bunch of Superman films. Not Superman 4. <laughs> Come on, get out of here. Superman 4 is <laughs> terrible. No, he's in like the first few Supermans as Lex Luthor's uh, henchman. Um, but he's also in 1941. And finally, I was at one that we had done before. 1941 stars Dan Aykroyd, who is in Pearl Harbor with our boy, Willie Fickner. Oh. Finally, made our way out the other side. And I did want to also mention that if we had just waited a little bit on this guy, we would have had a bunch of other ways to go off of that very first one because Willem Dafoe is supposed to be in the new Aquaman, which has submarine. Oh. He like has like he like has like a submarine like base or something, or the bad guy is like a submarine base. That's awesome. He's also going to be in Hunter Killer. Willem Dafoe is. Yep. And then Jeff Goldblum is supposed to have a cameo in the new Jurassic World. Yeah, which he has does. A fight on a submarine. 
Yes. So that's three new films. If I, we just waited like a little bit, <laughs> yeah, I could have had like three different ways to start moving through these things. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, alas, instead I had to use Independence Day. Time is our greatest enemy. Yep. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And before I give, I know I've been talking like nonstop for like basically an hour at this point, but my fans love me. Give what the fans want. Got to give those fans what they want. And it's more Jamie, more talking, more dick jokes. I haven't even heard of a fan for you yet. Oh, no, there's a whole bunch. Don't worry about <laughs> oh, okay. it. I get direct contacts. Oh, A cool. lot of dick pics, which is great because I love them. <laughs> Keep them coming, boys. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> we'll give you all oh, hit me on Twitter. I'll give you his number. Great. Um, <laughs> his direct cell phone. Number. <laughs> DM me. I'll uh, get you a burner phone that just receives. <laughs> these. But pictures. I did want to mention, cause I forgot it in last week's episode, but update on our Wikipedia, uh, adventures. I got steel sharks accepted as a Wikipedia page. When you go to Gary Busey's Wikipedia page, you can scroll down. It says 1997 steel sharks. Blue link, click it, go to my Wikipedia page. Doing there it right it now. Proud of you. It's not a stub. It's a start, baby. Here no one go. even knows what that means. <laughs> nope. Steel but sharks. There Thank it you. is. There it is. That's me. That's all me, baby. That's all you. Yep. I, the only thing I don't have yet that I need to update it at some point is I need to give it a poster slash i guess it's more like a dvd box because there wasn't really a poster made for the film yeah but i gotta get that up there but it's it's much harder to get images on wikipedia because of copyright because of copyright and fair use and all that now this is the one where it's the phrase says a mile down no one can you scream right well i could use that one there are other dvd cases just have better ones one. i should probably use that one though yeah. because it is horrific and one of the worst things we've ever seen so <laughs> just like strange wilderness bringing it back gotta bring those jokes back wow hating on it all right it's time for subs worldwide. It's it's subs 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 world world wide wide I was really waiting for this one, so I because I didn't know which one you were going to do. I had a news story from this week that I was going to suggest a potential one, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to let him do what he what really he's feeling yeah. this week. So this might be last week. Might have even been the start of what we're going to. Potentially referred to as Submersible Month. Wow. Because we've had two back-to-back Submersible movies, not traditional yeah, submarines. It's true. So I was like, well, what the hell? People want to know about Submersibles too. Do they though? Well, for all of our independently wealthy people on their yachts, you might want to know about this one. It's the <laughs> Triton 1002. Wow. It's touted as the smallest, lightest, and least expensive Triton submersible. Well, I was thinking, I was looking at Triton submersibles the other day, and I was like, this thing's too heavy, and it's, it's, you know, it's way too big. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say that. And it's way too expensive. Well, wow, they just came in at everything you wanted. I, say, I was just saying it in my mind. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it holds two people. Oh, that's not enough. Well, you got the captain and then one passenger. Yeah, but what about, where, where's Zaxxon? I'm the passenger. Well, actually, you know what, Zach, you can take the first ride, but I got that second ride and every ride after that. He is scared. He's scared. He'll think he'll die. We'd have to get two. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, they they do have larger ones. This is just the smallest one. (sighs) Do they have- The motorcycle of subs, if you Yeah, maybe we can get a sidecar for it. (laughs) That'd be funny. Uh, (laughs) It's like a tube sticking out the side. Yeah. There we go. Uh, All right. So it can easily be stored on your yacht. And I was like, really? What kind of website am I looking at where I'm looking at- where they're talking about storing things on your yacht. Uh, it is 10 and a half feet long, 8.2 feet wide, 6.1 feet tall, 
only weighs 6,800 pounds. It's not even that much. I could probably lift that. <laughs> you could. I, I deadlift it. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. If you're on bath salts, I think you can do anything, really. And I'm usually on bath salts. So yes. Helps out. Um, so the battery for this is a 12.6 kilowatt battery, which to most of us means absolutely nothing. Jack shit. So I was like, what, what does this translate to? So you can go on a 12-hour submersible ride. Is that a 12-hour tour we're talking about? Yes. Was that? No, it was three-hour tour, right, Gilligan's? I can't Three remember. Three-hour tour. Yeah. So this is like four times Gilligan's. So four Gilligan's. Yes. Four yeah. Gilligan's. Four, that's how they should measure it. How many Gilligan's can you go? Four, four Gilligan's. <laughs> uh, it has two thrusters that each generate, well, there are actually two sets of thrusters that uh, each generate 2.7 horsepower Jesus. per thruster. So, so they, how do you have 0.7 horses pulling your submersible? That's terrifying. It is. I'm actually concerned for that horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like mm. the three-legged dog. Yeah. Uh, they do have lights. They have four 20,000 lumen LEDs. Again, the unit, I mean, it's a common unit, the lumen, but no one really knows what yeah, that is. Yeah, put that in means. perspective. Uh, <laughs> you control this with a joystick and a touchscreen. Cool. So, that, so everybody growing up in the 90s who was playing TIE Fighter on PC, do you have the little joystick? I was shooting at those X-Wings and all that stuff. The only stuff? thing I don't like about that is usually my hands are real greasy from all the fried chicken I'm eating. And yeah. that makes it really hard for the touchscreen. <laughs> Do they have yeah. like a fried chicken safe uh, submersible for me? I don't know. I haven't looked into I that They yet. could probably do that for me. Yeah. I'll, let's go ahead and look that up afterwards. Sure. Uh, speed, you can cruise around at three knots. Ain't nothing. Come on. Yeah. It says endurance 10 hours. So I don't know if you want to really go on a 12 hour tour. <laughs> yeah, that's that's strange. <laughs> your oxygen runs out in 10. Uh, <laughs> can carry up to 440 pounds. They got to be clear about that. Yeah. 3.333 Gilligans. Yeah. Thank you very much. And do not worry if you get too far away from your main ship because the Triton has some kind of proprietary navigation system. Wait, that so will... it can only carry up to 440 pounds? Yeah. So not like super heavy people. So when I get real swollen, and like real muscly and I weigh over 300 pounds of pure rock hard muscle, just what are we going to do about it? Damn. It's just going to be you. Sorry, guys. It's fine. Uh, anyways, the, the navigation system can track you so your ship can always find you, your okay. yacht. It includes hand-stitched leather seats. Oh. And a sound system. <laughs> what? It's like, that'd be awesome. Wow. We can listen to our podcasts while we're in the submersible. <laughs> <laughs> or Lil John. No, or well, yes, that and also our uh podcast on loop. Yes, that'd be great. Uh so let's say you're you've just got back from your twelve hour tour mm -hmm. with only ten hours of oxygen. Don't worry, you can get right back out in the water in an hour because that's how long it takes the battery to recharge. What? And this bad boy will only set you back $1.97 million. That's good. I, I, was thinking, I was thinking, if this is $2 million, I don't have it. 1.97, though, I can swing it. Yeah. yeah. Crowdfund it. My bank. Yeah, that's true. Let's get our fans out there. We need that first. <laughs> we know that. Can you imagine you just like get a, you get a slip for the dock? <laughs> what are you going to dock here? I got this- 10-foot submersible. Yeah. I don't have a yacht to put it on, but I just want to have it here. <laughs> That's it, man. Okay. Yeah. Subs worldwide. I loved it. I loved it. I'm glad. Yeah. Let's see. You said you had a news article? Uh, I was just looking at one just because I knew that Mustard Man probably uh, was going to uh, not be on this one for some reason. I mean, he hadn't responded to the- Rest to in the, peace. To the many. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's we're going to miss him. Um. 
Just looking at this one about Saab, the company Saab. They revealed a new submarine plan. Wait, um, are you talking about like the car? Yeah, so they have a Saab and a company called Daman have a, a cooperation where they are producing submarines for the the Netherlands. So they're they're producing Dutch submarines. And I guess the Netherlands Navy currently uses something called the Walrus class. They have a Walrus class fleet. That's what I was going to send you as potential one. Ooh. And so um this is supposed to be a replacement for that. It's supposed to be like super up to date new submarines for them. And so they originally had produced Saab had originally produced the A26 submarine which has been used by the Netherlands a whole bunch. And basically what they're saying is it's it's supposed to be designed kind of for special forces stuff. So one of the things is like normally you leave a vessel vertically one by one, right? Okay. Kind of going out the top. Now next to the torpedo tubes, because it does shoot, does have the capability of shooting Mark 48 torpedoes, but next to the torpedo tubes, they actually have tubes for people to be essentially shot out of the submarine. Really? And so you can, you can, you can swim out horizontally eight at a time from these tubes. Dang, that's a lot. Yeah. If you think about it, like one by one vertically or yeah. eight at a time. Eight at a time. They can basically just shoot them to where they need to do their mission. Is it like a spring-loaded thing? No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> can you imagine the impact it would have on like your legs? Yeah. <laughs> just collapse. <laughs> no, I think it's just it fills up with water and then you can swim out of it and it can hold eight people. But I like to imagine that they're shooting people like torpedoes onto yeah. land where then they battle like enemies <laughs> and then they swim back into the, the submarine afterwards. <laughs> Something Holy shit, where'd that guy come from? He <laughs> like flies onto the, yeah. the beach. And then they've got you on a like a, a winch with a cable or something. They a winch? Really right or back in. Or a wench. In. Either one, man. Wow, okay. They just have you on a on a winch and they pull you right back in. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, come back here, man. <laughs> what? Uh, sorry, guys. I got to go. My wench, wench, is, my calling. wench is calling me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, Zach. Yes. How are you? I'm not bad. I guess I could just uh, use a little bit of a fact. Oh! So can I can I I quickly ask? Can I can I get a fact from you real real quick? Um. Yeah. In fact, how many whiskeys have you drank by this point? (laughs) Only four. Ooh, we can barely tell. Dude, he's on summer break, man. That's true. We can do it every day. Yeah. I'm ready for some facts, though. Do, 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 Zach facts, it's Zach facts. When you're going down, get some Zach facts. When you're going down. All right. Zach facts from this movie. Number one, Jeff Goldblum was never cast in this movie. He just happened to appear in all those scenes. Love it. <laughs> I would believe it. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, oh, so it, awesome. just, it just works. <laughs> Just hanging around. It's like, oh, hey, Jeff. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can be in the movie. It's okay. (laughs) It's like, you're damn right I can. It's it's called chaos theory. Fact number two, the film is dedicated to Owen Wilson, who died while filming. Oh, rest in peace. Yep. They decided to leave the scene in, though. So So he- uh, Two absent friends. He filmed uh, like Drillbit Taylor and stuff. Before this, yeah, was, everything yeah. everything he's made since then has been uh, released uh, post- posthumously. Sorry, yeah, dang, yeah. and that's really hardcore though. Leaving the scene in, yeah, yeah. and and it's, it's kind of crazy that he filmed what like fifty movies before <laughs> he died, all unreleased. Just speaks to his acting ability. Yeah, greatest in the world, mm-hmm. and they're all Was. still relevant today. Yeah, father figures, love it. 
I've never seen it. <laughs> All right. No, uh, fact number three, the two dolphins in the film are Bill Murray's private movie only dolphins. Fact. Oh, that makes me sad a little bit because he was really insulting those dolphins. Well, it makes yeah. sense then. Oh, because they understand it. Yeah. yeah like, oh, do. it's just dad. He's just joking with us. Yeah, it's acting. <laughs> We're in a movie. We get it, dad. God. <laughs> you better feed us extra tonight. Those dolphins were so funny. Yeah. That cracked me up. Fact number four. Every underwater scene was filmed live. Wow. I could believe it. I guess the only underwater, only true underwater scene, I guess the end submersible scene, but was when they went and dive, dove and, and searched around that airplane, which you didn't even really mention. Yeah. Well, it wasn't necessarily important. No, they found a black box <laughs> of a crashed yeah. airplane. <laughs> yeah. Next fact. Well, I, guess I have to believe them. They're all facts. Yeah. Facts. Come on, guys. Bill Murray ad-libbed every line of this movie. Fact. Also believe it. Yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> I also heard that he ad-libbed every line in uh, Garfield, Tale of Two Kitties. <laughs> Do you have any regrets? Garfield, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually in an interview? That's in, a, that's in Zombieland. Oh, okay. Nice, Kyle. <laughs> that movie. Did you ever hear the story of that? Of what? Of the of him being hired onto Garfield? No. No. Um, he thought it was like a different movie or something. I have to look it up. Sorry, this is a bad. This is <laughs> he a terrible thought it was story. A different movie. Yeah, he thought it was a different movie. So he he basically like doesn't the president have an agent. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> I can't remember now, but like he uh, he doesn't have an agent, so you just leave messages on his answering machine, and then he'll like kind of call you back and say yes or no if he's like interested in a film, and they send it back. And I think it was supposed to be written, or or he had. They had said, oh, we're, we're doing the same thing, Garfield. And he looked up something, trying to figure out who had written it. And there was another movie called Garfield written by like this famous writer or something like this is how the story goes. And he's like, yes, I'll, I'll do it. And then he goes in and it turns out that it's a cartoon cat and he's just like voicing it. Oh my God. <laughs> that was, that's the story at least. I don't know how true it is. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. All right. Uh, I got two more facts. Um... Here's another one. The movie spawned the monthly Come Watch Steve Zissou movie convention held in Albuquerque every month. It sounds like a real thing, though. That's a great place to have it, too. Those people are, you know, all dried up from the desert. They're basically like mummies. They're real spooky. They need some aquatic life. They're basically like, like horror films. Pretty much. Shout out to all of our Albuquerque fans. We love you. I love that Weird Al song, Albuquerque. <laughs> Sorry, that's a throwback. <laughs> okay. Uh, last fact. Um, the Jaguar shark was the same robotic shark used in Jaws. Fact. <laughs> I just put now, some paint on it. I know that Zach facts are all real, and certainly that's my favorite thing about them is how real they are. But I will say one of the trivias that I did not include in it, uh, in my trivia section, was that that actually was the largest stop motion animation at the at that time ever done, Ooh. like eight feet, eight feet long or something like that. Dang, yeah. So then, because of how large it was, the stop that, motion robot. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't. I, I'm not sure it was a robot. It was the robot from Jaws. Come on, man. Was that even a robot? I feel like it was a giant dude. Puppet or something. Have you ever ridden the ride at Universal? But I was a robot. Robots. 
aren't we all robots in the end? Slaves to our phones and our technology we and are. our podcasts. I am. As he's on his phone right now. I am. And I'm a slave to this podcast. FYI. I'm a slave. If you guys check your phones, I sent a message of my pick if Jeff Goldblum couldn't have been in the movie. Really? Oh, yeah. I saw that. It was Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, did you see the picture of him? Yeah, I'm looking up? at it right now. <laughs> I love it. Oh, we'll have to make that available to our listeners. Well, that's all I got, guys. That's all I got. Love the movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you have seen it, go watch it. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Find us on SoundCloud and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Can't get enough of us? Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. And if you like what you heard, please go ahead and give us a rating. 